Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody, on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Another hour for us. Then our friend Mr. DeRussia is in. Speaking of friends, one is joining us right now on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Jimmy Jam Harris back on the show. He is a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer with his longtime partner, Terry Lewis. Endless success producing music. I don't know where to start. 31 top 10 hits. UK, 41 in the U.S. So accomplished, so tied to the Twin Cities area, and so tied to the Grammys. We certainly talked a lot of Grammys uh, yesterday. I was tweeting about it. Seemed like the Grammys this year generated as much reaction as many, many years. Jimmy was involved in all sorts of aspects, including, along with Terry, performing with uh, John Baptiste in the In Memoriam section. Jimmy, always a pleasure, sir. Um, let me let me start with this, because I do really feel, as I said, that for whatever reason, it seemed like the Grammys uh, caused people, not just myself, who, who I watch it every year, it's by far my favorite award show, but others to pay attention. Do you agree with that? And if so, why do you think that happened? Well, Chad, first of all, it's great to be with you, as always. Um, I think that um, it's sometimes it's things that we, we can't control, which is just, you know, we're coming out of, um, you know, still feeling the effects of the pandemic and all of those types of things. I think that um, the lineup uh, that was on the show was interesting this year. It really went across a whole bunch of different generations, which I think um, has the ability then to draw um, you know, a big audience. And I think that uh, over the past uh, four years with the new production team that's in place now, with uh, led by Ben Winston, who people may know that name from uh, Carpool Karaoke, which was his uh, invention. Yeah. But he's a true music fan, but he's also from uh, from the U.K., so he brings a kind of an international flavor to the proceedings and an appreciation of music that I think resonates not only with people that watch TV, but also with the kind of casual music fan, because he's such a fan of the artists that are involved. So I just think it's a whole lot of different things. I think CBS did a great job of promoting the show. And I know not only were our ratings great TV wise, but they were also social media wise and media impression wise way beyond anything that we'd ever seen before. And you can't ever discount the Taylor Swift effect. 
No, so. you you cannot. Now, yes. among your responsibilities, you're chairing the TV committee. Right. You, you just talked about a lot of people involved. So mm-hmm. when you're chairing that committee, are you meeting with these folks a lot? Are you checking in with them? You're, you're obviously, uh, I don't want to say deferring, but you're leaning on their expertise. When does your expertise and when does your collaboration work with all these folks? So it's basically like a, a three-sided triangle the way it works. There's the Recording Academy side, which is the side that I'm the chairman uh, of and so responsible for that committee. Um, so, you know, creative input and, you know, all of those types of things from that perspective. There's the production company who then actually um, makes sure that the vision of what the Recording Academy would like to have presented gets on the show in the right way, in the correct way. Uh, and then there's the CBS side, who's our broadcast partner. Um, now, you know, of course, Paramount Plus, so it's now our streaming partner. So it's a combination of those three uh, entities, if you will, that make the show. And we start by doing a bunch of uh, nowadays Zoom uh, calls uh, and, and meeting uh, when we're book, you know, we don't really start until after the nominations because that's what then sets the tone for what the show will be is the nominations. And obviously very heavily female uh, dominated in the nominations. And, and so very much on the show, uh, very much that same uh, thing. So that's kind of how we start. And then it's just a collaboration really amongst uh, all those people mm-hmm. to make sure that we get the acts that we'd like but not only booking the acts, but also making sure that they get a proper showcase for their talent and what they want to do. It's the right song. It's the right staging. Some people want to be very intimate. Some people want to, you know, blow out the whole stage, um, so on and so forth. And it's just, it's, it's literally like putting puzzle pieces together at the end of the day. And, um, but I just, you know, once again, I just think the production team uh, led by Ben Winston is, is amazing. And Ben just won an Emmy uh, recently for doing the Elton John special, uh, from uh, Dodger Stadium, he also won an Emmy for the Adele special, I believe, that he did a couple of years ago. So he's very well-versed in putting music on television and doing it in a very elegant way, and I think he did that for the Grammys this year. Jimmy Jam Harris is uh, with us. Okay, let, let's talk Taylor. Uh, you have been in the music business for decades. You have loved music the entirety of your life. We, we will have major stars in music for eternity we've had individuals who've stayed around for decades and and taylor isn't new to this but the last couple years as you know so well she has reached a different level when you think musically over the last few decades and you think of the power she has the eyeballs the the concert goers, the excitement already when she's mentioning at the Grammys her latest album. What else comes to mind that is close to what she continues to pull off and she's been a part of the last couple of years? Yeah, well, I think the unique thing about Taylor is that she's not only herself, obviously, a huge star, uh, and a very well accomplished songwriter and and musician because she she has the core elements of of someone with a lot of talent who um, and she obviously started at a very young age but she's also been a champion for music makers all around and one of the things being at the show this year 
was the how involved she was in cheering people on. She wasn't sitting there sour faced if she didn't win. Like she, I remember. Well, backstage it was funny after the show. Uh, there was a, a, such a love fest between her and uh, SZA. They were, uh, you know, exchanging numbers and figuring out how to work together and do things together. And Taylor is such a cheerleader for. Um, to me, just the spirit of music and the spirit of creators and music makers. I mean, she was at the forefront. I remember a while back now when, you know, Apple Music, I think it was, or Spotify or somebody weren't paying, uh, you know, songwriters in the correct way. And she pulled all her music off, you know. Um, so she's been really at the forefront of a lot of really great uh, advocacy things for musicians and for songwriters. And I think people like that. And then she happens to go out and do an amazing show. And it was interesting when she did, uh, we went to the show out here at SoFi Stadium, and I know she did, the, I think, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Yeah, and, yes. Right? And so the cool thing about her show is watching her show is amazing, but watching the fans watch her show is <laughs> even more yeah. amazing. And, and if you think about the way she does her show, it's not like the stage is all lit up and the, excuse me, and the audience is dark. Like the audience is lit up with her. So they're part of the experience. And I'm still wearing my Taylor Swift uh, friendship bracelet from, from that concert. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I just think she's, it's really, she's everything that's wonderful about music is really kind of tied up in her. And uh, so it was wonderful. She was there and, you know, she was on her feet the whole night dancing and, and the whole thing. And like I say, encouraging everybody and, and, th- and, and just her spirit is just so amazing. I'm with the masses, Jimmy. Um, if there was one performance that maybe stood out just a little above on the reaction, I think it was Tracy Chapman along with Luke Combs, but more Tracy just because it's her original song. She doesn't perform uh, live very much. She sounds so similar. There's no slippage at all. Luke Combs looking at her, in, yes. in in total admiration, you know, here's a black female, here's a white country star when we have so much divide in our country. I mean, yep. we get divided over Taylor Swift going to see her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, playing football. And for those five minutes and for the hours after in social media, everybody seemingly put down their arguments and reveled in the love and the joy of that performance. What was that like, and, and how did you feel about that performance? Well, it was the most, you know, I guess poignant would be one word that I would use for it for so many reasons. Um, you very much articulated the feeling, certainly in the room, and certainly what came across on the television screen. But that happened, um, you know, even in the rehearsals. Um, if, you, if you think about the rehearsals, when we do the rehearsals at uh, the Crypto uh, Center now, um, it's a million people doing different things. There's stages being built, yeah. there's lights being hung, there's a million things going on. When they did the first run-through of the song, there wasn't another thing going on. Everybody was literally locked to the stage watching it. And it was funny because, you know, the first time you kind of go through things, it was a little tentative and... You know, you don't know how it's all going to react and, and what it's going to be. And when they finished, the applause was just amazing. And Tracy got the biggest smile on her face. And it was wonderful to see that because, as you said, 
you say she rarely performs. She like never performs. She yeah. just doesn't <laughs> do it anymore. Right. And I think that when that rehearsal happened, I think that really gave her a bit of, um, you know, confidence. Like, okay, yeah, this is going to be really cool. And, and so when the actual show happened and everybody literally stood up and was just, in, just enraptured in this musical moment. And then as you saw, right, as the camera shots, once again, you know, Ben Winston with these great camera shots and, and Hamish Hamilton, our, our director, catching those moments, those reactive moments of, you know, the two state people on stage together. Um, it was a, it was a perfect moment. And I know over the years, people talk about Grammy moments. And I think that that one was definitely one. Um, and I think the other one for me was the Joni Mitchell uh, moment, which I just yes, thought was, for sure. you know, yeah, I, I just think that it was everything in those moments. Uh, you're, you're not wrapped up with, with, the differences in people or anything. It's all about what music can do to tie people together, to have people find their commonalities. Um, and it's, you know, I always call it the divine art and for that exact reason. So I thought that was a couple examples on the show that really showed that. And I was happy to be a part of, you know, making that happen. Okay. Let's talk about you and Terry joining John Baptiste, great singers in memoriam how did that feel and there were so many highlights you know because you had stevie wonder you had annie lennox yeah. there's so many stars um and i i love the way you presented it this year why do you think that plan worked and and how did you feel about the two of you getting to be a part of it more than just you know how involved you are in the overall production well, it kind of evolved to that um, in a very kind of organic way. Um, Clarence Avant, um, who's known now as the Black Godfather because of the Netflix documentary, who, by the way, I, I will mention to everybody, if you haven't seen it, please go watch it on, the, on Netflix. It's a pretty amazing documentary on, on Clarence Avant. But Clarence is the person that really helped Terry and myself you know, more than anybody else put us in business and really teach us a whole lot of things about you know, the way we needed to be in the music business and the things we needed to do. And um, so when it first got talked about that he would be one of the people that would be featured and what musically should they do, uh, when John Batiste uh, ended up saying, if you've seen John Batiste's uh, American Symphony, I believe it's called, uh, his documentary, he plays Lean On Me by Bill Withers and in the documentary on a phone and I saw that, and I remember calling Ben, and I called uh, Harvey Mason Jr., who's our uh, president of the, or excuse me, our chairman of the academy, and I said, you know, he's using this in the movie. I think there's some sort of tie-in or whatever. So, anyway, all that being said, and, and Clarence, by the way, was the one that signed Bill Withers, um, so that was the significance there. But then um, he was actually at Paisley Park working on a project, and I happened to text him just to say how much I enjoyed the documentary that he did. And he said, yeah, man, I'm at Paisley Park. And I said, oh, that's really cool. I said, I think the last time I was at Paisley Park was when we did Sounds of Blackness for the Billboard Awards. And he said, Sounds of Blackness. Oh, my God. That's right. You guys did that. I'm going to hit you in the morning. I said, okay, cool. So he hit me in the morning, and he just said, 
I've been trying to figure out a way. I want to end this in a really positive way on an upbeat note. Optimistic is the song to do that. He said, I just figured that out. And so it was like, okay, cool. So when he said that, I said, that's wonderful. That's what, and then he said, and you guys need to be a part of it. You guys wrote the song. You got to be a part of it. And so that was how it all came together. And it was literally, I found out on one of our Zoom calls when Ben uh, Winston said, uh, as they were, we were going through the in memoriam, he just said, and I think somebody who's on this call actually may be a part of that performance. <laughs> and that's how I found out that we were actually that's doing great. it. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, need to go, need to pay yep. the bills. Always yes, appreciate sir. the time. I hope life is uh, fabulous. I hope you're getting some rest after a busy time. And you know what I think of you. Uh, our pass will cost uh, soon. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Chad. He is uh, one of the best. Uh, I'll never forget about uh, his hometown, Minneapolis, and continues to have success and will for decade after decade. And even with all of his accomplishments, he's a better human being. Jimmy Jam Harris right here on CCO. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We'll get to uh, the crumbly involuntary manslaughter guilty verdict. The mom of the, the kid who horribly killed four individuals and for what we believe is the first time a parent is legally responsible for her child's action involving the murder of uh, four kids at school. We'll get to that in about 10 minutes. $25 million is a lot of money, but no, I'm out. Now, it's easy to say that in theory, but how do you get the $25 million? So it's an Oklahoma man, Dave, and a jury just ruled that the biggest newspaper in Oklahoma – Defamed, defamed him. He's broadcasting a high school basketball game. And someone on the broadcast offers the racial epithet, the N-word, in describing one of the teams when they knelt 
for the national anthem. So you can hear it. The Oklahoman initially identified the one person. However, it wasn't him. It was the owner of the streaming service. It was only on the site, Dave, for hours. But he still, the individual who was falsely accused of this, sued them for defamation. He won $5 million in actual damages and another $20 million in punitive damages. The individual offered the awful slur Blamed it on his blood sugar levels. Sure. I, <laughs> I mean, my first thought is, yeah, sure. Now, I know people in my life who have diabetes. Mikey has diabetes. Uh, one of my close friends had just ate dinner with the other day. She has diabetes, and I know some decisions she's made um, have been scary. And she's a very, very accomplished person. But my, I guess, I'm sorry, as a cynic, my first thought is exactly what you just said. Sure. Raging racism doesn't exactly <laughs> go uh, really? go with diabetes as one of the uh, really? symptoms. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're not making sound decisions, and your first thought is, I'm a Klansman? <laughs> okay. $25 million. It was only on the website for hours, but there's still all sorts of confusion on who said it, who didn't say it. Maybe more that confusion now, Dave, is cleared up because of this verdict. What percentage of people in our country would say, I know a certain percentage are going to think I'm a horrible person, even though all indications are, again, this person did not say it. But the paper identified him, and it was out there and certainly did an incredible amount of damage to his reputation. What do we think? What percentage of people would say, I'll take all of that, if they actually get the $25 million. $25 million can buy a lot of uh, reputation rehab, Chad. Yes, it can. Now, again, it's $20 million in punitive damages. Let's we, we know it might be reduced, but let's say it's not. $25 million, but a portion of this country believes you're you were you offered up racist filth what percentage would take the 25 million knowing that potentially there's millions of people who all, always think of you and falsely they falsely think you are the person associated with this 75 percent 75 percent would take the cash would you I, 25 million bucks is a lot of money. It would obviously eliminate a lot of issues. It would bring others on. 
I can't say immediately. I would not. No. I am. Uh, I'm fairly convinced. I'm a no. I'm. I'm in a decent position financially. So. I. I can't see me doing this. I can't. But I'm lucky right now, and that also could change dramatically. But. Is this the way I want to get the money? Now, I can make the argument, I did nothing wrong. I didn't say it. Someone else said it. But with the Google machine, wherever I go in my life for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, there are going to be people thinking I'm a raging racist. I guess the comeback is the wealth comeback, right? The the superficial comeback. The I didn't do it and I I should be rewarded. You think 75% is the right number? I think it's a good number. I think most Americans would say, "Yeah, I'll take that heat for 25 million bucks." All right, what do people think? And if you want to volunteer, would you take all the circumstances that have happened to you now and going forward for a staggering amount of money? And your life circumstances depend a lot. $25 million alters everybody's life incredibly, but it, are you willing to put up with everybody? You know, everything associated with this story to get that type of money. And what percentage of the masses would do that? 651-461-9226. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Toby Keith all day along. Tragic news uh, taking place at 62. Dies of stomach cancer. So visible in so many areas. So outspoken in so many areas. Ticking people off. People loving him. People uh, traveling to see him constantly. And uh, I think a lot of people shocked that this happened so soon. This, most outlets are reporting, is the first time a parent has been found guilty when their son or daughter were involved in the killing of others. Remember Ethan Crumley in Michigan in November of 2021, shooting spree, he killed four individuals, four kids, 17, 16, 17, 14. Horrifying. Today, after deliberating for 11 hours, Jennifer Crumley, his mom, found guilty of four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Dad's going on trial in a month. Same charges. Jury four person said it came down to the fact that Jennifer 
was the last adult with the gun. A lot of evidence, Dave, that their parents, who again, bought the gun that was used in the shooting, failed to respond to warning signs prior to the attack. We talked about this a lot on the air. This is before the two of us were together. School officials had called the parents to school the morning of the shooting, and they found violent drawings that he had done on a school assignment. He was also caught searching online for bullets at school, watching shooting videos, and drawing violent images. School officials testified the parents chose not to take their son home despite the school telling him he needed immediate help. Parents told the school they couldn't take him home because they both had to return to work. Seems like, uh, not, it seems like it came out from, from work that they could have made accommodations. And they could have done that. Um, she also was having an affair. She told the man she was having the affair with that the shooting could have been, could have been prevented and that the school should not have allowed him to return to class. Well, she could have taken him home. There are a lot of other areas, Dave, of neglect and not following up. What do you think? Is this the case a lot of people have been waiting for? How many times do we have some horrible story involving, let's just use the school shooting topic, and when we open it up, Dave, and what, how, how did this happen, what can be done, and where are the parents, where are the parents, where are the parents? And I've said many, many times, sometimes the parents are the great parents, they do everything right, or they do not everything, nobody does everything right, they do so many things right, and they're absolute floor. They had no idea. In this case, there were plenty of warning signs. There was also a lot of neglect, not a follow, not a lot of follow-up, not a lot of typical parenting. So I don't know if this is going to lead, I don't want to say an onslaught, but like a high number of cases where a parent or in this case, we might have two parents who found guilty. But in this case, Dave, from what I followed, I don't have a problem with this one. They had chance after chance. They neglected the kid even that day. They lied about their ability to take him home. I mean, you don't have to be parent of the year. When you get the warnings I talked about just on that individual day to say, hey, good luck to you. I'm going back to work and we'll see him at home. That's, a, that's an awful lot of legal responsibility, don't you think? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Is it possible to both be happy with the verdict and also uncomfortable with it and the precedent? Yeah. Because that's where I'm sure. at right now. That's a hundred percent where I'm at. If it, you know, if I it inspires, it. maybe that's the wrong word, but if it uh, if it impacts more parents, teachers, 
friends, you know, outside of a school setting, even coworkers, to take action when they see something, when they actually see something, to say something about somebody they view as a potential threat in a shooting situation uh, before it happens, that's a wonderful outcome. Uh, but, the, yeah, the, the precedent, um, I'm, I'm not comfortable with it, whether it's, you know, a parent. Well, can, I think what you're saying, too, is, is this going to lead to other matters? Because, sadly, we're going to have more school shootings. Yeah. We're going to have more school shootings by kids in that class or kids who are targeting that school for some reason. And are we going to overcharge parents? Is that our default when really the charges don't reach that level in every single case? Sometimes they they were good parents. And they would have done a lot of the same things most parents would have done. And they're horrified, but they didn't miss all the warning signs. Yeah. And what they didn't miss this opportunity at school itself when they lied about it and took off. And how many warning signs does a parent need to, you know, ignore yep. or miss to be, you know, held guilty for involuntary manslaughter when any parent, when you're talking about their child, they're the last person you expect to be objective. They're always going to think the best of their child and think, well, of course, you know, these are perhaps some disturbing images or disturbing things that were said, but I know my my son or daughter. They would never. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what do you want to say? Let's get Jason in the mix. He'll uh, preview his show. I want to see what uh, he thinks. This could be a talker for uh, drive time with uh, Jason. You can chime in also, 651-461-9226. Talking about the uh, mom found guilty involuntary manslaughter. Her son in November of 2021 had killed four kids. Uh, red flag warnings the day of the shooting. Uh, school calls them. They say they, they can't take them home. When information comes out later, they could have. Other warning signs. Get Jason's reaction in a second. A lot of people raising the idea that the uh, school should have uh, called the police. More folks saying about time the parents are held responsible. Others saying unless they conspire with the child or knew he brought the gun to school, I don't like the verdict. Another one saying imagine the leverage a child could exert over the parents if the parents didn't understand the child in this case. What what's your uh, what's your initial reaction to this? Morning? Well, this is our opening topic, uh, so we're going to pick. Pick right up where you left off. How about that? I like it. Just wait. Continuity. You'll wait. Continuity. Yes. Yes. A more petty host would be annoyed that you uh, finished your show with what I'm starting with. But I'm I'm a bigger man than that. Well, I did. I obviously didn't know what you were starting your show with. How about a little canopy action? Sounds good. What's next? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 